back and we 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 and we back and we back hey guys we're back the Grizzden pod Brantley and Ty let's go they're here I'm here it's it's great to be back. You're guys. Will. I'm Will. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so March 11th was the day that uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive and the NBA was canceled and, or suspended, I sh- we should say. We did a podcast after that, and we thought uh, – I remember the – I think the title of the podcast is like 30 Days Without Basketball, and it has been, I think, over like 100 at this point. So Is that the count? I think. March 11th to now, it's June 25th when we are recording this. God. So it's been a really long time. Um too long. Man. Have and we it, been in person together? Or... Oh, no. I don't know. We don't did know. a we did, we did a, a virtual podcast. We did a virtual pod that was never released. It was never released. So who knows? I've never seen it. footage. Hand yeah. up. Uh I just I mean, there's a reason that uh that people have producers because just the audio wasn't great. We thought it was great. Or I thought it was good enough at least. It wasn't gonna be great, but Anyway, we might release that at some point, uh, just for it, not if you're hard of hearing, but if you're if you want to turn it up really loud, maybe you can hear. We did we counted down our top ten moments of the Grizzlies season, which is actually a really fun podcast. It we was. compared our lists. Um, do y'all remember what your number one was? Just like Ooh. pick something from three months ago that uh, a faint our memory. top ten moment. Of a lot of top I ten think y'all two was both the draft. When we oh, got it jaw. was the lottery. I think. Um, for me, the lottery, and I think mine was making the playoffs, which <laughs> which I knew we were gonna do. <laughs> wow, is yeah. that a prediction? That's right. Yeah, it is. All right, Absolutely. so before we get going, we're just gonna be hanging out this podcast. We really thought, to be completely honest with you guys, that the schedule. There was a report that said the schedule was gonna drop tonight, the twenty fifth, but it has since been updated to where uh, uh, they think that they're going to be dropping it tomorrow night on ESPN. So we'll definitely be monitoring that because I mean, let's be okay. So if you don't know what's going on, I'll give a quick update. Basically the NBA and the players association have come to an agreement to restart the NBA season, uh, in Orlando. Um, they're calling it a bubble. It's not really a bubble. They're staying in like three different hotels that are a few miles away from the arenas. Uh, it's in the ESPN wild world, wide world of sports. Um, and so they're going to do and the a, hotels are based on seating, they right? Are. It's hilarious. <laughs> Which is sort of funny to but me. But it's like the, the worst teams are staying at the yacht club. So it's really like five point five star hotel, 5.1 star hotel and 5.2, okay. uh, which is funny. But anyway, the Grizzlies the are at the middle. Bigger, they're actually in the middle tier, if you can believe it. So mm-hmm. they're like the last team that made it into the, I think it's the Fer- grand Floridian that they're in, but, uh, they're going to play eight quote-unquote regular season games, and then um, they're doing a play-in. So if, if the ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, they're going to do a play-in to where uh, if you're in the eighth seed, you only have to win one game. If you're in the ninth seed, you have to win two straight against the eighth seed. So um, I don't know how, how, uh, how many sports, uh, I guess you could say podcasts or, or any, any – how, how – how many sports you've been following or sports casters, but most of them believe um, that I've read at least the stats guys believe that the Grizzlies have a pretty good chance to at least make it to this play-in game. So they think it's an 80% or so chance, yeah. um, which will be interesting. And so we'll definitely be talking about that. But overall, um, they're going to try and do this thing. There have been recent reports of uh, these players that are planning to go to Orlando testing positive. I don't think any Grizzly has tested positive yet. No, you know not that we've heard. So nope. um, let's cross our fingers that it doesn't happen. I know John Morant's been uh, playing around town with some guys, which has been cool to watch on Instagram. I'm actually glad he's getting out there, and he looks actually pretty good. <laughs> of course so, he does. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, but, yeah, well – Guys, what do y'all think? Let's just let's just go right into the NBA restart, and then maybe we can talk a little bit later about just some things that we've been doing during quarantine, then also maybe some just random thoughts about uh, everything getting back on track. But what do y'all what do y'all think in general 
about the NBA returning in this format. They're inviting back 22 teams. I, I failed to mention that. Uh, so, like, the Wizards are the only team outside of the eight playoff teams in the East that are invited, and then it's the uh, Spurs, Kings, Suns, who else? New Pelicans. Orleans. Pelicans, yeah. And then the Grizzlies are obviously in the eighth seed. So, what do y'all, what do y'all think overall about this structure? I, there's definitely some maybe minor detailed nitpicky stuff that you could do, but <clears throat> as a Grizzlies fan, I th- I'm, I'm sort of happy with where it ended up, you know? I mean, um, we're like, I think what you're referencing, Kevin Pelton and Woj talked, um, or no, Kevin Pelton and Zach Lowe, um, Zach Lowe talked about um, the Grizzlies a couple of weeks ago and their odds basically saying it was like around an 80, 85% chance that they at least make the playing game. And, you know, for this format and where we are, I think it's awesome. If we're looking at it just from a sports perspective, the fact that, that we might get to see at least two games of them in some sort of playoff scenario, which would mean basically, um, you know, there'd be a lot of moments that we get to watch. And uh, I think that for the most part, if if it all we come out unscathed kind of going into it and we just get to watch some basketball and fun, I'm, I'm sort of happy with the format uh, from a – you know, what they decided to do. I think there's some stuff we could grieve maybe and talk about that in a second. But, yeah, for sure. overall, just from a super executive level, that's what I would say. I agree, too. Um, most people would say the Grizzlies weren't playing for this year uh, in the long-term play, right? Our best player is a 20-year-old rookie. Our second best player is a 20-year-old sophomore. Um, so no expectations on this year. So I think just by getting a chance to make the playoffs, and like Brantley said, a pretty good chance at least making the play-in, and then it goes down to that classic like summer league baseball thing where they got to beat you twice, um, and we just got to win one game if we get in the play-in. And we are the eight seed. Um, so if we continue to be the eight seed and get in a play-in, then we just got to beat the nine seed, whoever that will be, just once. We just got to beat them once. Um, but the fact of going against the Lakers, uh, who arguably I would probably say is the best team in the league. You could probably argue the Clippers. I don't think – I honestly think Milwaukee's third on the list, to be honest with you. Hot take. Um, maybe so. Ty coming in um, hot. He's like, I've been off for 100 yeah, days. coming in. <laughs> uh, but LeBron and AD. LeBron, arguably the best player in the world. Um, AD, top five pretty much player in the league. You would – most people would say top five. I don't know, maybe top ten for sure. Either way, very established uh, team. If we get a chance to play them, that's just like we've kind of used the term and before icing on the cake. And the beauty of this is we get to see our full roster of the 2020-2021 season early. Um, if the playoffs, if the season would have continued on schedule and the playoffs would have continued on schedule and all that kind of stuff, Justice Winslow would probably get some run, but it wouldn't be till really late in the season. Um, now he's and he's going to get a training camp well, of sorts. Did they announce if yeah. he was going to actually play? Has he? Has he? He's said healthy. For sure? uh, I know he's healthy, but I don't know. If there's they, some players that are just like, eh. if he doesn't play, it's his decision. I would imagine. I don't yeah. think it's a team decision. Um, I hope he does. So let's just assume that he he makes the decision to play. We basically have our full roster outside of Jonte Porter who will definitely not play. He's going to be a superstar, Obviously. though. John Absolutely. Tate, yeah, I mean, he, he looks incredible. Like Max um, Kevin Durant, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just fun that As we get to see our young roster. I hope they get put in a – basically just like a fun situation of let's just try to go beat the Lakers just like once and twice maybe and three times if we can. Okay, so you bring up an interesting point. What's that? That was uh, a couple you know, minutes ago. I'm sorry, bad joke. But there's across the NBA, there's certain players on certain franchises that for whatever personal reasons, upcoming contract reasons, already saying they're not going to yeah. participate. You've got Bertans with the yep. Wiz, mm-hmm. uh, an obvious situation. Ariza with the T-Blazers, which honestly sort of has um, interesting implications for the Grizzlies, who's saying he's not going to participate, which puts Carmelo – you know, in a better playing time situation. Which is perfect for the Grizz. And he might not even play. And he might not play. So I wanted to to pose this. Do you think uh, this is an interesting conversation of like, should all these young players play or these older players play? Are there certain players that make sense for the Grizzlies uh, that you would like sit? Is that what you're saying? I don't know if I would uh, maybe force them into sitting, but I mean, 
honestly, like you don't want John Morant to get injured in this type of thing. No. You don't want Jaron to get injured in this type of thing. Um, you sort of, they're both, I think, very actively saying that they want to participate. They're ready for ball. They're, I mean, Jaws hooping right now. Yeah. I'm Facebook friends with Javante Holmes, and I see him there like, it is. looping all the time. Mike, you know what? Shout get out. him on the pod, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Use a hoop with him. All Give him a, the pod. Give him a poke. Yeah. He's the high school coach at East High School um, here uh, in the great city of Memphis, Tennessee. So, all I have to say, I just wanted to pose the question to you guys. Not do you think, but should certain players consider not playing? No. None. Hard I would say no. I would – I might disagree. I, Ooh, this is fun. Let's go. <laughs> Hold on. Will hasn't talked in a while, so let's no, no, let no, him no, talk no, first. And then no, 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 no. Of course. Hi, you, <laughs> you, always what happens. You had your hand up first, and nah, so that's ahead, the Will. rules go of ahead, the elementary Will. classroom. Will, uh, I'm waiting on you. No, okay, so I think that one of the things that we were very, very excited about um, – with this team and the potential of making the playoffs um, was that they were going to get uh, experience that is really important for a young team to get who's rebuilding. And that was being in a playoff atmosphere against uh, just a very legitimate opponent. Um, And really at that point, it was just the experience, you know, if we could win one game, then that would be awesome. This to me feels a lot like summer league, which Mm. We last time we were in the summer league, we won it all. So uh, what's up? Shout out, baby. Um, but it does feel that way, and to me, the risk reward or the experience that you would end up gaining from this is not going to be near the level that you would gain from being in an actual playoff situation. Because I don't think it's going to feel like an actual playoff situation until the Western Conference Finals or that rolls around. Because then I think you will just by virtue of it being the highest level of competition and the highest stakes, I think you're just going to feel that even if there aren't any fans. But for these early rounds, I just don't feel like it's going to be the same, which I think there's a side conversation that we can get to later. Is that an actual benefit for the Grizzlies who are in the eighth seed, Uh, that it feels just kind of a level playing field and there isn't this hype around the one seed versus an eight seed? Like I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. I think there's a lot of people that think that the playing field will be leveled because there won't be a home court. Right. But at the end of the day, it would really, really suck if Ja or Jaron were to go down in some in a situation that feels a lot less than legit. So me. in an opportunity cost discussion, you're basically saying like, eh, like I don't know if it were your decision. You might I would consider s- not playing some of the young What young I would rooks. say, is, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are ready for the Grizzlies to go out and defend their eighth seed with everything. And what I would say is I would rather see a more balanced rotation, maybe even not a minutes restriction, but I would, I would not want to see Ja playing like 48, 42 minutes in the last couple of games just because we're trying to salvage our position in the play-in. Like, to me, I, I think we're going we're in a great position anyway. I think we're going to be in the play-in, but to me, I'm not going to be like distraught if we don't make the 8th seed for decisions that are be like we could he could play 40 minutes we can lose and that would suck, but like I would hate to see it. So the argument is it whether they should get shut down or whether they should be on a minutes restriction cuz Brantley posed the question first of all, basically saying like whether they should just play or not. Uh, I would be okay if because uh, now it seems great like you're kind of now it seems like you're kind of saying like Jaw playing 46 minutes. First of all, I don't think Jaw's played anywhere close to 40 minutes in one game at all this entire season. So I don't know where that would change because um, the stakes would ra- be raised. It's like the last eight games that we're trying to make, we're trying to qualify. So it's like right. you, you play but your you best. You could players. argue that we've been trying to hang on to the eight seed since December. Um, when or January for sure when we made that run where we yeah but there was a lot of runway like I think that they were going to s- stick to the plan that like this year doesn't matter next year does and I think they should stick to that plan I still think they I should think go they in should with stick the mindset with that plan too but I don't think you should sit out guys f- for some plan in the future when you look at Jaw and Jaren like both of those guys obviously and we've been patient with them in the past when Jaw had that little tweaky injury which apparently wasn't a big deal. We still held him out of games for his little back injury that he had. Jaron was the same way when he had his knee injury um, right after the All-Star break. Like, Jaron apparently was pretty much running five-on-five well before, and he still wasn't back. 
So we've been cautious in that sense. But to me, if those two guys, and you can throw out other guys too, like Justice, obviously, like what does he gain from coming back for, let's just say, eight for sure games, nine, ten, let's say ten games? Like probably not a lot, right? But to me, it sets another precedent if like what is Jenkins, what's his like main preaching point from the start? It's competition, right? All he wants to do is compete. So if you want to compete and you want to set a culture for competition and competing, to me, you've got to like prove that to the players by, hey, if you're healthy, you're going to play. And I expect you to play the hardest you possibly can as every minute you're out there. If I pull you, that's a different story. So I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah, I don't think Josh should play anywhere close to 40 minutes. I don't think he should be on James Harden's minutes level at all. What about 30 minutes? I think 30 minutes is fine. That's his average for the season, I'm pretty sure, 28, 29 minutes a game um, so far. So I think that's fine. And we built him up to that, right? So there was a lot of times where we were not putting him back in the game until like the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter, the first third of the season, and that kind of built as we went along. And then towards the end, he was basically – sitting out the last four minutes of the third and playing the entire fourth. Fourth quarter jaws like a thing. Like he was, I'm pretty sure, like top five in the league in fourth quarter scoring and efficiency. Not just scoring, but his field goal percentage was like through the roof in the fourth quarter. So my point is like you got to let those guys gain some form of confidence, which I think is important, going into next season. If they get a chance to play the Lakers, like you can't, you can't restrict them in any kind of way, in my opinion. But again, restriction is not – like 30 minutes a game for Ja, that's not, to me, restriction. That's just a normal workload. If you were to play him over 40 minutes a game, yeah, that's probably not a great idea. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the, I, I, I think I agree uh, with you. And I, got I think you, we're then. agreeing. I think the, the main point that I'm trying to make is there, I think if we were in a normal situation and we were coming down to the wire, it's the final eight games, I really think that we are if we were in the pole position for the eighth posi- for the eighth seed, I mm-hmm. think a lot of our what we had been doing during the season as far as our Go balance rotation, I think it would they would kind of throw caution to the wind. Huh. I think okay. it'd be a little bit more like, Oh, we have a chance, let's do it. Because it's normal I, I'm saying let's do the opposite of that. I would rather yeah. if if Ja like rolls his ankle or something and gets up and then is fine in four minutes. Like I'm okay with him not playing. Anymore. Oh, totally. Like, but they I don't just prove that with Jaron. Like I don't even want justice to come back. Even if he's 98%. Totally. Healthy. And they like, just proved that with Jaron and BC. Yeah. Like Brandon Clark was basically again, practicing five on five and he wasn't playing games because of this reason. Yeah. So if you look at the track record of the franchise, the coaching staff, the medical staff, whoever's involved in it, I guess all of them are, they were, have been very cautious up to this point. So I don't see them changing their ways now, especially like you said. Maybe the stakes are lower that they're doing this bubble thing in Orlando. Things are going to be different, um, especially without fans. Uh, so, yeah, but I don't, I don't really see them changing that. And I, and I go back to the whole Brandon Clark and Jaron thing where they basically waited as long as they possibly could to get – they still hadn't played yet. But um, I heard I heard so. two different – y'all said you agreed, but you really didn't. I don't agree at all. I'm just kidding. So you came from a conservative approach, Will. I'm pointing at Will, those of us that are <laughs> listening. And I'm pointing at Ty for you are coming at a competition approach. To an extent. Yeah. No, 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 I just think that maybe the difference is, is like I don't, I don't care as much about the result of this season anymore. Like I'll, all I care about is getting to – the offseason healthy and if we can uh build i think there are benefits to playing i think there's there's i think i'm very glad the grizzlies were one of the teams that are going to be in orlando like i think there's value oh that's super fun but i also think that you're it's the result just to me is i don't know i think there's going to be okay. a giant asterisk Follow-up on question. this championship I, I haven't paid attention to much of the NBA Twitters, so I'm just going to sort of just what's, ask you guys questions. Twitter? <laughs> great question. So y'all just respond to this. Do you think the players care as much? Yeah. I think – no, no, okay. Absolutely. I oh, think, you go first this time, Ty. Will you go second? 
it's still like, yes, there could be an asterisk, but it's still an NBA title. Like, yeah, you take away home court, but that takes away home court from Grizzlies everyone. Players, from a Grizzlies perspective. Okay, so now you're getting a little hunt. bit more specific. Yeah, so Grizzlies Sorry. players. This is a Grizz podcast. You're right. I mean, I agree with Will on this point. Maybe not. I mean, I can't speak for them, obviously. Like, I mean, if you look at Ja, this guy's been hooping every chance he gets. We have video of him hooping in the last few weeks. So, to me, like, it probably matters to him a ton. Like, he probably would do anything to get in the playoffs. And if you look at all of our team and our coaching That's why we staff, love like if you look at who we have on our roster, I guarantee you any of them would give a pinky toe to get in the playoffs right now. I think it does matter. But, yeah, I think from I a think, fan perspective and an overall perspective, you're probably right. It doesn't mean as much. But I think to the players, like I think they're – yeah, I think it matters. How many teams do you think can win a championship this year? Three. That's how many teams care. Boom. But that doesn't matter. No, no, no. I disagree with you. No, You're but telling me I'm Philly saying, doesn't care? No, no, no. I think they do. You're but telling I me Houston so doesn't awesome. care? No, but I don't think that they're going to really. Utah? I, I mean, think, they, they're paying Mike Conley a whole lot of money. I love you, Mike. I think they care, but I don't think Get that there's a. I don't <laughs> think. I think. Here's, here's what it is. I think that this is a situation which is really like. It's great for both sides on, of an argument because you can pick and choose what you want out of the argument. Like, if you were to win the championship, you, were, you would say, oh, yeah, we came back. We had, like, as we did the best we could in the situation to try and salvage something. We had a full playoffs. Like, this championship is legit. And I think if you lose, you say, well, this season's, like, it, it shouldn't matter. But it's all and the so same playing What I'm saying field. is, like, when you have that, when you have a built-in excuse, I think it just devalues it. And I think it's easy for people for teams who are going, who are maybe lose like Philly, like if they were to go out in the second round, I think they'd be like, ah, oh, this season just it's fine. And I think everybody's going to get a pass. That's what I think. Everybody's going to get a pass for this season. And so it really like, okay. at the end of the day, whatever. So I get your point, and it's valid, and I agree with you to to an extent. But but <laughs> would you say that Toronto's championship has an asterisk on it from last year? No, KD got injuries hurt. are a real thing. Clay got hurt. That's the that's oh, no. it. there are a yeah. lot of people saying like, ooh, the, if the Warriors were 100, percent no way Toronto would have won. Injuries, it. man. That's just the, you can't. That's the, that's the way. Sports I think work. that's it's the same thing. I think with that's this kind of. I stuff, think you though. can point Everyone to an injury like, in every single year, though. You probably could, but if you look at like so that so injuries even more so like it it the playing field isn't necessarily level anymore if there's injuries going on. In this case, like no one has home court, and that's taken away for everybody. Like everyone is in this bubble, everyone is in Orlando, so everyone's on the same playing field. Every like no one has home court fans, no one has to go away. So to me, it's kind of hard to. I mean, I of course guys will always come up with excuses for whatever reason they want, but to me to have an asterisk on the end of it is kind of hard because everyone is going through the exact same situation. Like I keep one thing I actually thought about recently was like oddly enough was a golf tournament. So the U.S. Open. I don't know if any of y'all are golf fans. But the U.S. Open is known to be the most difficult test in, like, the golf season, like the golf championships. By far, the U.S. Open is brutal. And usually, like, the guy who's literally the best player in the world usually wins. So my point of this is, like, it doesn't matter. Like, the playing field is even. So, like, the U.S. Open, the playing field is level for every single player out there. And the the best guys just got to win. Like, everything else is just taken out of the picture. So to me, it's similar to this. Is like everything is taken out of the picture. It's two teams on the court playing. The best team has to like is gonna win to me. But I get your point. Yeah. No, I think it. Just to like kind of bring it back a little bit, I I do think it's going to be interesting to to see what happens um, because, like you said, like ideally the the playing field is level. My question is, what happens if somebody tests positive and it's like, well... Similar to injuries, though. Would yeah, you, I know. Would but you make that argument, that's what too? I think the comparison between the getting the virus and an injury is, is interesting, too. It is. It's like... And people like Avery Bradley I, I, not virus, coming back for the right, Lakers. Or that, too. He's a huge rotation player for them. Right. But I like, think he may even start. Injuries... Smith now, it's so like it's injuries okay. aren't... <laughs> injuries aren't contagious, so it's like... This is true. The virus is just... I mean, I, I, I don't know true. what the NBA's... Like, I, they had they came out with a 140 page like health and safety protocol. I read. It I did not. Word. Did you read it? <laughs> did you read it? No, I didn't read it. <laughs> I did not. Um, I got like all the tweets from Woj about the highlights and everything, which are funny about all the like the 
there's gonna be like a DJ party or something. Yeah, there what? is. Yeah, it sounds like the lamest thing ever. <laughs> it sounds like the thing at the cruise that you're like, are you going to the DJ? No. Free pizza buffet. Me neither. It sounds like but something that my wife and I went to like on our honeymoon. <laughs> and it exactly. all goes to place like, you want to go to the DJ it's party? Like, can you imagine NBA players with like they don't have their families there? It's just them, and they're like, you you want to you want to go? <laughs> That's hysterical. I feel, I could see John Jaren going and having a great time. Yeah. Okay, not so John ja, though. Can I, can I put my... Oh, I asked my question. Yeah, go ahead, it's Brantley. Yeah, about you, the Grizzlies. You need the floor. No, 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 no. I don't want the... I mean, thank you. Yeah, I do. You have it. Yeah. Thanks. I, so Equal opportunity I think the, the, the reason why I asked that question is because I, for whatever reason, am picking up that there's like a section of the Grizzlies players that really care. Like, I think like the young players, like John Jaren... But that's who matter. Oh, I know. Okay, so I'm. I'm just saying that, like that. From those, the young kids right now, to me, they're like, you've seen them sort of like talk about on socials or whatever the way they're getting prepped, the way that they're sort of looking at this kind of like a throwback to AAU ball a little bit, like that Great kind point. of thing. Didn't think about to that. them right now is like, oh, this is going to be fun. We're just going to all be down there together. We're just going to play and ball. And if we get out, like I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna get to watch every game from here on out until I decide to leave Orlando three months later. But then I think there's removing kind of the other like societal things that are happening right now because I I just don't think it's appropriate for us to necessarily try to get into that. Like just looking at this from a pure basketball perspective, I do think the competition like once everybody gets down there, it's gonna get turned. I up. agree. I, it, you, you can't and so help. then the players themselves, like, I think the ones that are on the fence about it right now, like I think I would be, let's just say that like someone like Kyle Anderson, who um, is kind of disconnected maybe a little bit from the team, uh, his future. I'm, I, this is my projection, by the way. This is not Brantley reporting. Um, so through your sources. You know, yeah, per sources, which, you know, <laughs> clearly I have them. <laughs> I see that commercial appeal article <laughs> yeah, drop a few days ago. Yeah. You know, shameless plug, go read it. Uh, commercial pill, thank you, Evan We'll Barnes. put it in the podcast link. Yeah. But uh, y'all y'all just amped me up and lost my train of thought. But Kyle so, Anderson. Yeah, Kyle Anderson. Let's just say that he sort of is feeling disconnected. He's unsure about his future with the Grizzlies, just like kind of us as fans are like, yeah, he doesn't really fit. He probably knows he doesn't fit either, right? Even though we have loved seeing like he and Ja together help beat the Lakers on Joggles night. Um, he's great in yeah. spots, but <laughs> we won't talk. Yeah, about yeah. So why does a guy like that care right now? But when he gets down there, maybe it shifts. And so I just think that sort of is like a, I don't know, sort of like a, not to say that that kind of like under the table, like us as fans always think that the players are going to care just as much about the NBA season starting as we do. But life is life, right? Even there's, there's a certain thing as players not wanting the season to start. When it comes back up, you know, Zebo yeah. was famous for this hated practice, but was great in games. All I'm saying is that I do think that there there is kind of like removing the like um, medical component of stuff. When you see players get down there, I do think that eventually it's just going to shift into all these other elements, the things that we cared about beforehand. Besides societal things, it becomes about competition and all these guys are successful because they love to compete. And we're going to get to witness it. And that's why I just think that, like, there's a comp- – it's just going to be really fun to, like, watch the competition angle of it all. For sure. So, like, when you talked about that, the one thing – like, Bertans, again, was the option. So, he's a free agent this summer. And he potentially is going to get a big-time contract offer from someone. We don't really have anyone on our team in that situation right now. Uh, is a fr- big free agent this summer. Yeah, DeAnthony Melton is a free agent. Josh Jackson is a free agent. But they're not like, unless I'm unaware, but they're not just crazy sought-after free agents. Um, and another point, like, it's a different conversation if you're saying whether the player is wanting to sit out versus the organization restricting them. Yeah. Those are two different conversations. For sure. Honestly, if we have anyone on our team that's just like, nah, I'm good, Let's. I, I don't. I don't like them. I don't want them a part of this moving forward. So if someone's <laughs> like, "Yo, I'm out," because because of my personal interest. What about uh, justice? I'm not a fan. 
Oh, okay. Not talking about cultural stuff. That's that's not what I'm talking about now. If someone's You're like talking about more health things, I'm talking about their like, health, like the, and playing basketball. Okay, so like I don't. If really Justice feel like it right is now. very healthy playing basketball. And the team is like, yo, we know you're healthy physically to play basketball, but we're still going to limit you or like restrict you in any kind of way. I'm not a fan of that. Okay. I'm not saying if justice is like, yo, with everything going on right now, culturally and societally, I don't feel comfortable playing basketball. That's a different story. I'm not saying that he should just play no matter what. That's right. completely different. Yeah, yeah. I'm just no, talking I, about his health I'm regarding the ability to play basketball. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I because uh, I can't imagine putting myself in the shoes of him, of of him and his personal life yeah. of what he decides to do and what he think is right. I'm not going to tell someone what to do and what is right because that's definitely his prerogative and his position to take. But as far as health goes, and yeah, I just I don't think an organization should be like, "Yo, listen, I know you're good to go, but we're just going to like hold you out." Yeah. So the last thing we talked about on this, just to maybe segue into other topics, which you may have bringing up after this, is just for fun, who do you think is the first game on our schedule? <laughs> we can you kind of find that out. Uh, think, who is – okay, I don't know. There have been a, a lot of theories thrown out. Okay, yeah, this is, this is what I'm most excited about. I want to see how they're going to do the schedule because a lot of people think they're going to try and equate the difficulty of the schedule to what your strength of schedule was prior to. And we need to talk about how lucky the Grizzlies are that it ended this, like it turned out like this. If you're like all of our arguments for the last 20 minutes aside, if you're just looking at the pure numbers, like the Grizzlies lucked out because the Pelicans were supposed to have the easiest schedule and the Grizzlies were supposed to have the second hardest next to the Wizards who are already out. So it doesn't matter. But the Pelicans now, like, there is no true bad team. That's right. The worst team they're going to play are the Suns. Right. Or the Wizards, maybe. Yeah. And so, and that's not, and I mean, there's still, there's a reason they were even invited to the to Orlando because they're they're kind of good. So, I not great. But the I think that's going to be really interesting. I don't know. I think the first, what, what do you have, Ty? Who's next? So, I was, so, from what I heard, the way they were going to do the scheduling is, Basically, if one of the 22 teams that is in the bubble is on the schedule, then you will play them next. So, for instance, let's say we were scheduled to play Atlanta. We were scheduled to play Portland next. Yes, Portland next. But let's say down the road we were scheduled to play Atlanta. They would skip that game, and whoever was next on the schedule of teams within the bubble, then we would just play that team. So, as of now, so we last played Orlando um, March the 10th. We lost, sadly. Um, but basically this is our schedule moving forward. Portland, Utah, San Antonio, OKC, Milwaukee, New Orleans, New Orleans, Boston, Toronto, Toronto. How many games is that? That's already more than one, it's like two, eight or nine. Three, four, five, like I think six, seven, they're going eight, to nine, have so to cut out a ton. games right there. Yeah. So basically all those teams are within the bubble. So after the home and away or home and home against Toronto, it goes New York, which is not in the bubble. Then Dallas, Portland, Denver, OKC, Philly, Houston. There's only one team in our last remaining games that's not in the bubble, and that's New York. Every other team that we were projected to play on our schedule is within the bubble. And conversely, Look, I, New Orleans had like the opposite that is situation. Yeah, they were going to go Sacramento, Utah, LA, Atlanta, San Antonio, us, Sacramento, us, New York, Orlando, Atlanta, Washington, yeah. San Antonio, Charlotte, Phoenix. So they had, and they had another game against Washington. So it's like 50-50, basically. Okay, so look, it, they're saying all the right things. This is this is crap. It's going to be whatever's most entertaining with some stuff that makes it feel even. Like, if it's not Portland or New Orleans as our first game, the NBA is doing it wrong. Or, like, or the last shot. game. Or I the think, last game. Both. I make think if both. you don't make the Pelicans and Grizzlies play each other on the last day, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, like, why not? Like this is a free shot. Like redo the schedule. Put the put the Grizz and Pels first. Build up John Zion as the future and let him play. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, I agree. Do we like, have a do we have any conspiracy conspiracy theorists in the room that like so many. they made uh, the this whole format to benefit 
Zion or something to get Zion in over the Grizzlies. It's not a conspiracy. It's just the truth. <laughs> uh, but, I no. But why would okay, okay, okay. So why would they not do that? I just have heard of that a lot around Memphis and I'm like they made it to where you have to be within like four games and like if we were in the ninth scene, I would want that. But too. Portland's three and a half. So right. they could have made it within like three games. Yeah. Right? They look, but here's they the, here's four. what they did. What is entertaining? Absolutely. What is going to keep our media partners happy? Okay, so Will, I think Ja Will, and Zion are Will and I work in exciting. advertising, right? And then there's negotiations that happen under the table by franchises that try to make it as equitable as possible. It's it's pretty simple. So yeah. negotiations happen. I think the Grizzlies ended up in a really great spot, and I think it's it has the chance to be entertaining. Which, like, as a fan, this is awesome. No complaints. Yeah. But if the Grizz, I'm gonna be upset if the Grizz Pels aren't in the first game. We're gonna, we probably will lose because they've got a better matchup against us. Maybe. I mean, don't hate no, me. No, they do. That's just they just it's, match up better against it's us. Real. When you got Drew Holiday being healthy, that's just what's gonna happen. Drew on Jaws, tough. But in two years, when Jaws put on some weight, it's gonna be like, what's up? Yeah, Drew's gonna be out of the league because Jaws gonna dunk on him a few times. I think there's gonna be a lot of hot takes out there that are like, <laughs> uh, if. Let's just say, theoretically, Pelicans and Grizzlies do play that first game. Like the winner of that game will be the eighth seed. You know? Oh, of course. But if, yeah, they're going to try to. Yeah. But I will say, I mean, every game is huge, though. It's only eight. Yeah, it's only eight games. If we play the Blazers first, I'm gonna hate on Hassan Whiteside so hard. Because he's the worst. He's the worst. He is the absolute worst. But they're gonna have Nurkic back, who's a solid center. Yeah. Dude, he hasn't played in like a year and a half. It doesn't matter. He's it does. good, man. Dude, they're also did gonna you have. See? Uh, There's no way. Is it what's yeah, Collins' first name? Zach, Zach Collins? Collins. He's solid too. See, if I were them, I wouldn't come back. If I were no, the Blazers, I'm with you on that. Like, if I'm three Jonas and a half games, dude, I disagree. Dude. I disagree. Okay, let's. Uh, this is not a Blazers <laughs> pod, but let's say they're healthy. Nurkic and Collins are both back. Two starters, by the way. And if you were to give me one guy who potentially could just go on a heater no. for a seven-game series, it's Dane. Okay, but it, that dude could go forty-five across, like points across every game he plays, and they could somehow, like somehow, I beat don't the disagree. Lakers. He's that good. It wouldn't shock it's me. Also Dame a- is just. He's a flamethrower. The Orlando bubble is a get-out-of-jail-free so card, which is why if I were in that position, I would be like, ah, oh, this season's a wash. Like, let's get healthy for next year. Dame regroup. was the one on the conference call Dame's saying, like, if we don't have Nurkic, something to play Nurkic, for, I'm not coming I don't, back. Yeah. Your Nurkic argument is, is terrible. He's a good player. <laughs> yeah, when he's played. That's he's true. He's game for he's a year a and a half. That's he's still true. a good player. Eight games is not Jonas will eat him. Yeah. You watch. I hope they so. Put him in the I'm game. not saying you won. I My hope he does. My boy Valentunas where the basketball is fun. JV, I wear your face on a T-shirt all the time. I think what nice one thing that we can all agree on is just it is going to be so nice to have sports back, and it's still over a month just away. Give me the I can't grids, believe it. man. Why don't they start? Why didn't they say June thirtieth? That's crazy to me. You're going to be safer in the bubble than you are in the didn't world. Didn't they create basically a full uh, like off season? Yeah, they did. I mean, they have to. They have to. They have players can't do stuff that. like that. So I wanted to read this at some point. This is from NBA.com. Um, I, I mean, it's got NBA in it, so I guess they kind of know what they're talking about. This was published or released or whatever online June the 12th, so a few weeks ago, which isn't probably ideal timing. But this is kind of their schedule that they laid out. We kind of talked about schedules, not as in, like, who is playing who, but as far as, like, team schedules. So basically July 7th, 8th, and 9th, uh, teams will arrive at Disney, at the Disney campus, as they're saying. July 9th through the 29th is training camp for teams, um, which is kind of odd that they have a training camp, which is 20 days. That's Makes sense. Three weeks. Got to get I back do up. get that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So July 21st or the 22nd is the start date for the three scrimmages for each team. So each birthday. team has a scrimmage. July 22nd. Um, Those will be then, <laughs> I hope so. They should. They and then July 30th <laughs> is the seeding game. So what we're talking about is the seeding games. That is the eight games that each team will play. So per NBA.com, that will start July the 30th and go until August the 14th. Starting August the 15th and the 16th is when the two play-in games will happen if necessary. And then starting August 17th is when the playoffs will start. 
just kind of a schedule update as far and as I think when the latest will happen. the latest they want it to go is October uh, mid October 13th yep is what I'm seeing September 30th through October the 13th is considered the NBA finals the league originally planned on October the 12th end date though that has now been adjusted because this is all about starting back in December yeah yes so the, the draft will be basically the start but right before the start of the finals just like it always is pretty much. Um, yeah, and then I, training camp will be later on in the fall. I think the cool part about this, if there is any cool part, um, is that we are going to have basketball for like a year and a half straight after waiting, you know, three months without it. But like, it's going to be awesome. October to December is not long at all. No. And within that time period, you're going to have so many free agency moves. Like luckily for the Grizzlies, I think the Grizzlies are very happy with themselves because Nobody knows what the salary cap is going to do. And it's nice that we have guys that are already locked in. For several years. Yeah. yeah. And it's... Our biggest contract is Gorgie Jang. Exactly. So... Oh, I forgot about Gorgie in our elevator ride. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be... I think teams that are like Atlanta or New York who have been saving a lot of cap space. Man. Mm. So here's the... So I think this... And then we can may, maybe move into the next topic. But it's like... That's one of the things that I've been thinking about is all of the financial ramifications of what, you know, what could happen. I love where the Grizzlies are because we're not overcommitted anywhere past this year. So we can like be wise and sit back. You know, we've talked about basically how next year the cap floor is at once 116 um, million where the, the like tax level above that is at 141. Um, right now, our sort of like projected variance on that is around 30 million. That's with us getting a max player and a first round pick this year, which we know is going to convey. So that's around like close to 40 million of salary that we probably don't even have to take on. Uh, that's also assuming what we did with Dylan. So that's baked in and what we could do with DeAnthony. So basically, the Grizzlies are sitting in this position, from what I can tell, at a really you know super high level, uh, super fancy Google spreadsheet, that we're going to have room. We had room, but now we have room to be conservative and sort of wait to see what happens. And yep. in my opinion, maybe take advantage of teams that are overspent um, and take on cap where we couldn't, where we maybe wouldn't have had to because of this scenario, because of the change in cap. There's a lot of flexibility that the franchise could do, and I sort of expect that to be a lot of future topics that we have yeah, um, uh, exactly. between October and December before. Once this cap especially yeah. comes yep. through and we see what we're working with. Once the cap finalizes, yes. Yeah. So we know we have a second-round pick this year um, from Phoenix, mm -hmm. um, which I think projected is like 40th maybe. Upper yeah. 30s, 40s, something And we also like that. have the Utah pick technically, but it's going to be It's not going to be this year. It's yep, it's going to be next year. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. So basically, if you look at, which I don't know if we need to talk about this now, but we have our mid-level essentially to do this summer. Yep. Assuming. To the most, yes, yes, the you're right. The most, the two most recent players we have signed with the mid-level is Kyle Anderson two years ago and Tyus this mm -hmm. past summer, so one year ago. Um, Tyus has been absolutely huge. Uh, to me, he is like a probably top six or seven player on our roster as far as his role. Super steady. Anyway, you can find incredible value at the mid-level. And exactly to Brantley's point, a lot of these teams, I mean, there's no telling what uh, – we, we brought up Bertans earlier. There's no telling what teams are going to throw at him. I mean, we threw yeah, four years, 80-something million at Chandler Parsons who doesn't have knees. I can only imagine what teams are going to throw at Bertans. Yeah. And a lot of these other teams are already capped out. Like, they have nowhere to go. Because the next summer is the big free agent class. Mainly Giannis is kind of leading that free agent class. Not to mention Paul George and Kawhi. Because yeah. they only signed a one-year deal, which is insane. Anyway, we could potentially kind of die. I don't know. I don't really have the list of players. But, like, a Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton is up this summer, I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know if he deserves the mid-level. But he's a solid player. Freak athlete. Like, you could kind of find some guys like that in the weeds to come in and play that sixth, seventh, eighth man role for you and 
He add huge value. I that's really want to go in deep on like what you. We think should do that. The soon. Grizzlies, like maybe next week or the week after that. Yeah, like, cause I'm all in. He seems redundant with John Conchar though. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? I forget about the Conchell is great, <laughs> dude. He was on uh, John Hollinger's like uh, list of guys that you could potentially see like. I don't Dude, know. He's, like he's two way guys that could be converted at some point. He's a solid player. He, apparently, he has this incredible efficiency that I mean, I don't doubt it. Uh, yeah, but he's a ner- he's an NBA nerd, like yeah, just hardcore. Yeah, but he's not a mid level, and we have the mid level, and I think we should be really wise and maybe plucking like Pat Content is a great example, or keeping Melton, or is it on top of what we have to keep Melton, or would Melton be if we gave somebody the mid level, it would dig fill. into that. So yeah. I basically I was assuming that next year we would maybe give in that number. Um, D- Resign DeAnthony at like a four-year, twenty-five million. So he hits the cap at six point two five, which that puts yep. him, you know, on a second-year contract, like below what Jaron's making right now for comparison, but like also below what we're paying Josh Jackson this year um, from yeah, a yeah. first-round draft pick perspective, and below the mid-level. So Man. we could give Josh the mid-level if we wanted to. Like okay. if we wanted to keep him for that number, we That's could bring him back. That's another interesting discussion on all of this, and maybe we should table this for later. Yeah, it's, it's, like, what it's are nice the, talking what, shop, but What maybe. are the impacts to some of the Grizzlies players on a contract level? Like does a guy like Josh Jackson, does this whole thing who he, where he was super hot, was playing, He's him, playing great. Was playing himself into like – yeah, six man, borderline crappy team. He was in your top role. eight rotation for sure. Like, uh, does it help the Grizzlies' future with him or not? Like, what is a guy like that is super uh, enthusiastic about probably getting back into work? Right. There's some interesting things like that that we can project and talk about that for I sure. think um, on our next guest next week we could talk through. Yeah. All right. So we got about probably 14, 15 minutes left. Uh, time. Let's let's talk through. Uh, did anybody like meet anybody that used to work with the Grizzlies over this quarantine? I can tell you, I didn't. So that <laughs> didn't? rules me out. What? A, wait, really? Ty? You're full of crap. Ruled me out, man. What about what about the coach that former coach that? Ooh! you met? <laughs> I was I trying like to tee you. Hipster we were just talking about golf. I was trying to tee you up, about and that. then I love you love whiffed. That but was now a swing and a miss. Yeah. Mulligan, like, you got a mulligan. Yeah. So that was a, a go ahead. Ty had a really left. Ty had a really cool conversation with somebody who has been a part of this Grizzly season. He wants to tell us about it on the podcast. I did so. Um, City Silo. No free ads, shout but out. they're gonna get a shout out. Um, I went to I went there because my wife loves their uh, the kale, hot chick. kale Caesar oh. salad with chicken and yeah. vegan parmesan, which is a thing. Uh, so I went there to go pick her up a salad, and um, they're still like you can kind of go in the restaurant. This is probably a week ago. Anyway, I saw Coach Ivy. Hey, um, who's who, Coach Ivy? Would you new just so name Coach Ivy was an assistant coach for the Grizz. Um, it was her first season as an assistant coach for the Grizz, and she had just she just got hired as Notre Dame's uh, head women's um, college basketball. Was coach. she the one that was like hanging out with us in the tunnel the whole joggles night? Thing? Pretty much. <laughs> She's like Seriously, she has her own fan no, no, club. Yeah. No, no, she has a huge fan club. Like everyone loves Coach Ivy. Well, they were She's also super down to earth. Taping a special on uh, that's the right. different female coaches yeah. across the NBA that night for ESPN. That's so we right. got to actually got witness it. that firsthand, a little yep. behind the scenes, which is um, cool. She's super solid. She's awesome. Uh, but yeah, she got a huge job in the um, Notre Dame is like a top five program in the country. Yep. Um, pretty much year after year. So she got an awesome job. We're gonna miss her though. Uh, she was huge. Anyway, I saw her at City Silo, and she had a Notre Dame shirt on. Um, so I obviously knew who she was, but I was kind of got to act dumb a little bit. I was like, oh, hey, are you Coach Ivy? And she was like, yeah. Anyway, so we sort of struck up like a – honestly, like a 10-minute conversation. Um, and I kind of got in the weeds a little bit about the Grizz. I started asking Surprising. decently pre- specific questions. Educated questions. Yeah. Absolutely. I was trying to pick her brain a little bit. This is called sourcing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Come on the pod, Coach Ivy, yeah. if you're listening. Thanks, Coach Ivy. Um, anyway, so I asked her about like just Grizz culture. And as a Grizz fan, honestly, if you're a Grizz fan and you've been following the Grizz, 
I guarantee you, every one of you was fairly nervous about our front office decisions that we were going to have to make, especially starting last year. I think a lot of us loved the Jaron pick. Um, but things that have happened since then have just been really encouraging. And we've had a lot of faith and hope in the front office. But not only that, the coaching staff too. Um, so I brought up a few names to her. I kind of mentioned Dylan to her because um, I was like, hey, if we make the playoffs and play the Lakers, I guarantee you Dylan is going to be the guy to walk out on the floor and think he's by far the best player on the floor, sizing up LeBron and AD and being like, yo, I'm better than both of you. Um, and she was basically like, you know what, you're spot on. Her quote was to me was, if I had to go to war with one guy, it would be Dylan. Wow, did that just completely change your lifestyle? Not exactly. <laughs> Anyway, basically, she was really high on him. His confidence, she said, was through the roof. Yeah. Um, he's a super competitor. Like, all we've the dude. Yeah, we've never doubted his confidence. <laughs> that is for sure. But he is like, all he wants to do is compete. All he wants to do is play against the best of the best. And that's, that's just awesome to hear. Great to see. I, I do really, so before we go into this, that yeah. is like such an awesome pro. Absolutely. And yeah. we saw yeah. that before yeah. the, at the trade deadline when he was basically like, yo, if Iggy doesn't want to be here, then get yeah, him out exactly. of here. Yeah. Give me justice who wants to be here. You like, can live with Dylan some of the science. craziness if he, you know, is, I mean, yeah. you got to have a certain level this of This moves like into a high but. Dylan endorsement like component. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And if yeah. you've listened to the pod, you know that I have been pretty negative hesitant on Dylan from the start. I also have went through his stats basically as catch and shoot three point range versus like pull up, pull up twos versus like at the rim. And he basically shoots a higher. No, this is pre COVID. (laughs) He basically shoots a higher percentage catch and shoot threes than he does at the rim, which is just catch and shoot a three. That's all I want you to do. <laughs> yep. On the list of like, let's table this for later. Yeah. Let's okay, you're right. For, sorry. But like, no, that's a anyway, really good. interesting These deep dive. These are really great sorry, previews. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Dylan is a guy of, he's going to go to war with you and not be hesitant about it. The second thing I brought up to her is I kind of mentioned like the tide started shifting when, and she cut me off and she said when Ja got drafted. And I was actually going to say, no, actually when Jaron got drafted, but just the fact that she was like, everything changed when Ja became a part of the organization. She cut me off to say that, which to me is a huge deal. Because she, like, Ja's the leader of the team. Wait, so, because w- when was she hired? Last Y'all year, last, last summer. Year, Pre-draft? Of, Jenkins hired her. No, oh, uh, post-lottery, I think it was pre-draft. Ja was already part though. of the team. We had drafted Ja and Jenkins came. Oh, really? Was well, that- no, Jenkins came on board before that. It was in the same month, I think. Yeah, well, it was. Can quick. you val- Will you validate this while you? Because I think that's that's really fascinating to me. She, yeah. So when I said we were nervous about the front office, and then that changed, and when things really started to shift, and she cut me off and said when Ja got drafted, and I was I was literally thinking when Jaron got drafted, but she cut me off and said Ja. So that just to me really shows the influence that Ja has on our team, and he is the true leader of the team. Um, so that's another thing I thought was interesting. All right, so I just looked it up. Ja was drafted on June 20th, 2019. Uh, Neil Ivey was hired August 5th. Okay. Got it. So after that. When was Jenkins hired? I'll and give you some time. Anyway, thank you. one other big thing that I took away from this is, again, if you've listened to the pod um, previously, the one thing that – so Jenkins came from Milwaukee – Budenholzer, big thing. Sorry, Will, go ahead. June 11th. Okay, June 11th. Wait, so summarize that really quickly for me because I'm slow. Jenkins, June 11th. Ja, June 20th. Neil Ivey, August 5th. Thank you. Okay, I figured so because I think Jenkins had a say-so in the draft. that needed to listen to that summary because that was helpful. (laughs) It was. Um, So basically, I was like, hey, it would be really cool and really important for Jenkins' offense if everyone could make a play. We've talked about this a lot. That's yeah. why Kyle Anderson shows huge flashes within our offense because he's a fantastic playmaker. He can't shoot, but he can make a play. In the short roll, we've talked – anyway, I'm not going to skip all that. So short I, mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned to her, like, if Jaron and BC could learn to, like, make a play either off the dribble in the pick and roll, and she was looking at me like, how are you – like, what are you even talking about right now? She – Essentially, in hired City me. Salo. She yeah. tried to hire the, the me. Deep, the deep is the East Memphis <laughs> conversation. That's the new goal: is to get Ty hired. 
Notre Dame women's basketball. <laughs> yes, I can be we'll available at the drop of a hat. You just let me know. You can't move from Memphis though. Can you do that remote? I can try. I okay. mean, anything's remote nowadays. That's so. true. That's true. COVID. That's true. Thanks. Just, that, I just zoom yeah, you I, into the uh, practices. Absolutely. I'll make this a goal. We need her on the podcast. She's, we need to. Can she's we do awesome, this? by the way. Everybody who's listening fan. to this, if you have a Twitter account, I need you to tag Irish Coach Ivy. And tell her to come on the Grizzden pod Love to uh, reconnect with her new best friend. But Ty, that. you've got to reach. I'm putting this in, you know. Okay, I'll do sphere. it. I'll do it. Let's you've go got at, to reach at out Ty to Ty Smith Senior with your <laughs> huge Twitter SL. following. Underscore I got SR. nine followers. Like direct message her and be like, hey, you remember that city solo conversation? She's gonna conversation? be like, you're, you're a troll and you're a robot. I'm not a not troll, a but like we really just want to talk to you about. It's true. I always want to DM someone. No, we are gonna make it a goal to try to get her on the podcast. This is next pod or two pods. Whenever it works for her schedule, because we're on her time. And just FYI, there's a lot of red tape when you try to interview somebody who works for the Grizzlies organization. Guess what? She does. Which we've tried, but she doesn't anymore. Which means there's no more red tape. Oh. Coach Ivy, please. Please. I'll we would buy love your, to hear all your thoughts. I'll buy your Kelsey's or salad next time. Boom. Anyway, oh. the one other thing that I mentioned is the importance of playmaking and Jenkins system. And I was like, if it would be awesome, the next step for Jaron is to make a play off the dribble, off the roll, whatever that may be. Her quote was... This is was, one of Ty's things. I love way. this. For, to summarize for our new listeners, Ty loves talking about this, and I'm all I love in it on so it. much. Go I ahead. love it so much. Always be attributed to Ty Smith in my book on this little, little piece. If, if you have one through five make a play, then you have a phenomenal team. Hence Toronto Raptors last year, they won the title. Wait, what did, what did, what did she anyway, say? I mentioned, I was like, it would be awesome if Jaron <laughs> could learn how to like, or not learn, but like develop the ability to make a play for the offense. And her quote was, he's close. Ooh. And that's, so her hell? quote was basically, that's his next step. Like, they have that in mind. They know. They understand that. Because, like, one of Jaron's best attributes is taking bigs off the dribble because he's long as poo and is great with the left finish on the left side of the rim. I was going to say the H word, but I just chose poo instead. Man. Anyway. We're we're fam friendly. He's great at taking, like, sizing (laughs) bigs up at the top of the key, making a play, taking people off the dribble. So, if he can make that extra pass to the corner – Drive and dish, whatever that may be. If he can develop that, then our offense is going to be so dynamic, especially when you introduce Justice, whose biggest attribute is playmaking. It's going to open up so much. Man, that's super so cool, though. That you it was to so talk cool. Yeah, she was super Longer solid. than just the introduction. She was very kind, uh, very down to earth, very, yeah, she was just awesome. She was willing to engage in conversation with some nobody that? fan like a week or two, two really? weeks ago. Yeah, super I'm surprised recent. she's not in South She Bend, told me she's right. leaving at like the end of this month. Okay. Cool. So like started July, she's probably going to be gone. And I asked her if she's going to come back to any Grizz games. And she was basically like, hey, our, even if we make it to the you know national championships, our season's going to end late March. And then the playoffs don't start until April. So, yes, I will definitely be back to cheer cool. on the Grizz. And one other thing I want to mention, I was telling Brantley this earlier she said that before she got to the Grizz, she had no idea what an NBA program looked like. She had no idea what an NBA franchise looked like. She just had she was unaware. She had never been a part of one before. She just wasn't sure. She said that the Grizzlies like organization and team structure is something like she's never seen before. And now that she's been in the NBA, she's seen different teams and the way they work, the way they orchestrate things. And she's truly said that the Grizz are very unique. And then the way that they go about their business, which to me is just so encouraging. And we've seen this from the outside looking in. We've seen flashes of that, too. And I brought up, I was like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I can tell it's different because when Ja got his triple-double, you could see the locker room footage that Jordan Bell no longer a Grizz. But, you know, he was there to snap that video. It's his best moment awesome. as a Grizzly. I still thought, I just, man, I just saw so much I thought he could pick and roll all day long. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I can't dribble. <laughs> Can't dribble. Can't play, man. Anyway, she was like, the first thing that she came out of her mouth was like, that was extremely authentic. That was not staged in any kind of way. That was literally the reaction of the locker room. Very organic. Um, and she seemed like that was very unique for an NBA team culture to have. Yeah. And we've been preaching that for so long. Culture, culture, culture. And how Jenkins is trying to change it. Our team leaders are trying to change it. And coming literally from someone within the ropes, inside the ropes, basically saying, yes, this is different. 
the culture is different. She confirmed it. And that's just so encouraging. And if Jenkins decides to move on, we should hire her as a head coach. Bet the farm on Notre Dame this year. (laughs) Women's basketball. I'm betting everything I have. The the fun thing about this, too, like one of the reasons, like like when you were telling this, Ty, like I want to root for their basketball team now. Absolutely. Seriously. Like I had no reason to prior – but, like, college sports has just lost its luster to me in general. Like, don't get me started. We could have a whole conversation about yeah. it. But I just like to have a coach in that scenario to see her, like, move from Memphis into South Bend and take over a top five program and, like, to say these types of things to you. And, like, it, it's just like, okay, this is awesome. You know, she was super successful there. And now it's like she kind of has this – you know, as from a Memphis perspective, not as just a fan, but as like a citizen here. Oh, uh, she's a part of the city. We absolutely. care about the people that know this place, and like we protect our own. You know, I would put us in the top three in North America, right, of doing that. So I would love, you know, I would encourage everyone here to like look into like you know following the team, absolutely, and her. Um, but just hearing you talk about her enthusiasm that way just gets me freaking amped. Yeah. That's awesome. And to your point, Memphis truly is different. I can, I don't want to say guarantee because I'm, but I can pretty much have a great idea that not a lot, not a lot of other NBA franchises would retire Tony Allen's number and Zach Randolph's number. And I guarantee you the first number that the Grizz retire is going to be Zebo and T.A., that speaks to Memphis. That speaks to loyalty. We have a different relationship with our players. The fans and players' relationship is through the roof. Community and players. And it's hard to understand if you're not from here, too. You can't so. get it. You just can't understand it. Big yeah. markets will never understand what it's like. I'm, I mean, I say that. Like, the, the Lakers' loyalty to their players is through the roof. So is Boston and stuff like that. But the Grizz, to be a small market, small city, small franchise, we – ride or die regardless of how great historically you may think our guys are like if they mean a lot to memphis then they they mean a lot to us and we're gonna respond well to that all right we're right up against our time any final thoughts guys before we get out of here i love the grizz um that was great (laughs) i'll say this really quickly i do want to um this isn't about me as much as it is about colin morgan who got me to be interviewed Shout with out. Evan Barnes. Oh yeah, no, for real theory. though. We we alluded to it earlier, but this there's an awesome Collins article. Super good deal. Awesome article about Jaws' first year in Memphis that you can read on the commercial appeal that Evan Barnes wrote and Brantley was interviewed for. Go ahead, Brantley. Yeah, and it just was interesting, like hearing Evan ask questions and just getting into like what it's like to have seen maybe Jaws' ascendance from a fan perspective, and I don't know, like I just. I'd, I'd love to I'd love to get Evan on here and ask him about this um, officially. So um, maybe a little foreshadowing, but it just there was a component of the discussion that was more about like the connection with the city and kind of like what grit and grind meant for the city and now what kind of like the trajectory that Memphis is on when when grit and grind was here and what Jaws kind of coming in to now as maybe elevating the franchise and kind of has at the city of Memphis is maybe elevating potentially alongside of it. And whether that happens or not in both scenarios, it just is an interesting thought maybe just to, just to think through um, for us as fans and just kind of witness and see what's happening. And I don't know, it just, um, it puts a different maybe long-term perspective on things and, um, you know, the the couple little small quotes that I had in the article sort of supporting just his relationship with his dad and relationship with the city and just seeing how he's deep dived over even the past couple of months with Memphis players. And you've started to see his adoption of the city as his own more and more um, uh, without ranting too much like localization is going to be this thing as a trend that is going to continue to happen across potentially all verticals which i which makes me exceptionally enthusiastic about the future of small market um, franchises like the grizzlies where you have a team where you have a city that's really supporting the team and coming around side of it and the team 
and the players sort of buy into that and adopt into that mentality um, and aren't just kind of corporately getting involved, but there is this authenticity that happens with it. And um, in a really weird way, like you've sort of seen that happen with John Jaron. Um, we saw that happen in a crazy amount with the grit and grind players. And so um, I just am really encouraged to like watch that and see how it happens. I think maybe Thankfully, like the grit and grind built this foundation to demonstrate that it's possible to happen here. And then, like, I'm not trying to make some bold prediction that the Grizzlies are going to win this playoff or win a championship, you know, seven years from now, even though I think we have a great foundation for it. But we have, we potentially could build an atmosphere that's conducive to it, which goes a long way. And I think it's really fun. And as we're thinking about kind of coming out of this, like, super negative period of time, um, you know, sports has the ability to bring people together. So even though we may not be coming together as a city the same way that we would have had the pandemic not happened and we would be doing it here in person, like in the FedEx Forum together, we can still wrap, like seeing the Grizzlies like make face masks with Believe Memphis on it is so Memphis that it's incredible to me, Yeah. right? That the franchise does that. Now, maybe other franchises are doing it. I'm not paying attention to other franchises. That's so Memphis to me that it's awesome. Like, that is such a component now into the DNA of the city. And um, I'm excited to see what the, how the players buy into that. And it helps set us into a trajectory that just is like a more, you know, just another fun way to follow a team. And um, see how it becomes a fabric of the city moving forward and maybe a different way than what we had historically. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's funny, on my way over here, I was just thinking about um, what, you know, this conversation and coming back and just like getting back into it. I was just so excited. And I think it just shows that it, it feels like a part of our lives are kind of coming back when we even start the conversation. Like basketball ne isn't necessarily even back for another month. But the fact that we're right here all in the same room, just getting excited about it just shows, you know, just how much it actually means. Um, just, I mean, and you've seen, like you said, like the masks, just anything the the engagement has, has not even fallen off at all from yeah. uh, the, the people of Memphis and, and their team. So I think it's really cool. And uh, man, just really, regardless of what uh, the different opinions are about this whole thing, whole deal coming up here uh i think we can all agree we're ready to get basketball back and we're ready to see our favorite team play so uh if no the doubt. grizz win the title i'm not the ashrich is just not oh of course i'm gonna recant close. yeah absolutely it's the purest form absolutely i will yeah oh my god uh, I was about to say I would cut off a limb of my body if they did, but I'm not going to do that. You need your limbs. You need them. Got All right. Them. Well, this has been another edition of the Grizzling Podcast. Um, we're not exactly – everything is unpredictable these days, so we're not exactly sure how frequent we're going to be coming back, but we do know that once basketball is back, we're going to be back as well, and hopefully in the interim we'll have a, a few too. Uh, tweet at Coach Ivy. Uh, tweet yes. at Evan Barnes. Coach we, Ivy. We have some some great guests we want to get on here and, and talk about um, this team. But it, in the interim, uh, guys, be good, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon.